everyone. This is Nathan Kochalam. And this is Jacob Bolton. We're back with another episode of Brainstorm, a podcast that explores all things health, science, and tech. Today, we're looking into what some researchers at Northwestern are doing to help combat COVID-19. The first reported case of COVID-19 was in Wuhan, China. On December 31st, as the world rang in the new year, Chinese authorities in Wuhan were treating dozens of cases of a severe pneumonia of unknown origin. Health authorities say in the last couple of days they've identified dozens more people who've been infected, and that includes new cases in Beijing and Shenzhen. And now the World Health Organization is convening an emergency meeting to look at how much of a threat the virus poses and whether international travel restrictions should be put in place to contain it. After I first learned in the news about the uh, Wuhan lockdown, the quarantine, I have a lot of former and current students in Wuhan and uh, from Wuhan as well. So I talk to them and get to know, know how their families are doing. Yeah, I started to think about what should we do. That's McCormick professor Jia Cheng Huang. He's in material sciences and engineering. Before the pandemic, his lab wasn't doing anything related to fighting viruses. So we actually have had a uh, self-transformation in the past few months. It is also worthy to pay attention to the problems in the society and to see what kind of problems can we help to solve, right? So that actually motivated us to pay attention to COVID-19 quite early on. We just think that we cannot just sit there and then see the people suffering so much there. That's Haiwei Huang, a PhD student at McCormick. She works in Jiaxing's lab. Jiaxing saw that everyone was on board to switch gears and focus on addressing problems related to the virus. So we started to study textbooks and we started to develop questions and we started to look into medical literature. That triggered a lot of ideas for us. After a lot of studying, Jiaxing decided to focus his research on two different projects. When patients breathe out droplets, these droplets contain virus particles. So if we can just reduce the activity of the virus at this first step, you're going to drastically cut down the infection later on. Imagine a sneeze for a second. (coughs) Thousands of tiny droplets are expelled from your body. And if you're infected, these droplets can be home to the infection or virus. Even when we wear masks, there are still fractions of droplets that can pass beyond the mask and infect someone. Uh, it's not necessary to protect the people who wear the masks. It was meant to protect people around you, around those infected persons, so especially healthcare workers. The National Science Foundation gave Jiaxing's lab a grant to develop a mask that can actually deactivate the virus particles when they pass through it. Virus hits the mask, virus deactivated. That way, they wouldn't infect anyone. The lab did this by adding a chemical layer to the masks. All the escaping droplet, they will pass through the screening layer, and then uh, when they escape, they will escape with these antiviral chemicals. And when it dried up, these antiviral chemicals will get drastically more concentrated in the droplet, and then hopefully that will uh, reduce the activity. Antiviral chemicals are kind of like virus kryptonite. They basically change the chemical structure of the virus so that it isn't infectious anymore. Now, some people may ask that, why don't you just block all the droplet? Well, if you do that, people can breathe. So, so you have to let them breathe and at the same time try to reduce the impact of those released viruses. The lab has also been trying to make surfaces antiviral. The virus, sometimes they can live on the stainless steel for three to four days. And that's very troubling because we use stainless steels all over the place, right? 
we use in a home, the handrails, doorknobs, buttons, medical appliances. So we thought that if we can retrofit all these stainless steel materials with a antiviral coating, maybe we can help reduce the spread of this virus. The lab has made a lot of progress with research. They're trying to make a working prototype of the masks right now. But when Jiaqing started his research in late January, COVID-19 wasn't widespread in the U.S. At that time, obviously, uh, people who have most experience about that is those doctors in China. Jiaqing wanted to know if any doctors in China were running into any specific problems that he could help fix. So he started reaching out to his contacts in China. I probed initially, but it was very difficult because they don't have time. These doctors, I mean, all the doctors who were working at the front line of this, they were extremely overwhelmed. But in March, he tried again and got a response. I mean, we can always sit in my office, in our offices, and dream up all these problems. But it's really the users in the end that tells you what the problem is. By talking to first responders, Jiaxing was able to understand a very important problem with face masks especially N95 masks. These masks are different from cloth masks that a lot of people are making. They're tight-fitting and meant to filter out 95% of particles from the air. They're essential to protecting a healthcare provider from the virus. So those masks have to be fit on your face really tight, but the mask manufacturing is one-size-fit-all. Some doctors they talked to were using rubber bands to make sure the masks were sealed properly. Others were even using glue. So that can lead to some allergic reactions on their skin. And they have to wear it for a very long time. And it's sweaty and humid and warm inside, which is very uncomfortable. And they have to wear it almost all day long. Okay, when I try the mask myself, I wouldn't also realize that there's going to be a problem because I only wear it for maybe half an hour, okay? Uh, I maybe only worry to experience it, but imagine you have to put this thing on for eight hours. So for us, that means that we need to develop a new mask skin interface. We need to design either the shape better or just have another layer of material. Jia Cheng is actually talking about these problems with Northwestern students in the classes he teaches. And I, I'm getting wonderful feedbacks from them. So they're all jumping in, trying to figure out the solutions. So I'm letting them to use this problem as their class project. Everybody can help. Okay, You just have to channel your energy and resource. So I hope to bridge the connections between the frontline doctors. Many of the ideas were either validated by them or inspired by them. And we present these to the broad physical science and engineering community. There are lots of smart people out there. So if I just present the problem to them, then I think they will be able to work on this. They can develop or something. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening. This episode was reported and produced by me, Nathani Kochulam, and Jacob Fulton. The audio editor is Molly Lubers. The digital managing editors are Callan Luciano and Hina Srivastava. And the editor-in-chief of The Daily Northwestern is Marissa Martinez.